Hello and welcome to another episode of Ball in the Real World, where we're going to focus on Australian Boomers thing. We've been ticking off some NBL and NBA things lately, but a 15-man Boomer squad is about to be chosen. It's the squad that will go to LA, head to Tokyo, and a 12 will be picked from that. So joining me to talk everything Boomers, Boomers camp, lead up to Tokyo, uh, is Andrew Bogut, Rogue Bogues fame. That's it. Thanks for joining me. You... The reason I wanted you on is, like I said, you dropped your own 15-man squad on your podcast, Rogue Bogues. Again, if you haven't subscribed or listened, go listen to that. I don't know what the crossover is on my pod versus yours. Um, I assume if people listen to this pod, they listen to yours too. Be similar, yeah. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to go over your squad, go over mine as well. They're quite similar and sort of just go a bit more in depth into it. You know, why guys made it, why some guys didn't make it. Um, and then some some background stuff too. Um, and so just to go straight into it, your starting five is my starting five. And I think the one that most people would pick, which is the sort of Patty Mills, uh, Joe Ingalls, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, Aaron Baines. Um, do you think that assuming everyone's there and everyone's healthy, do you think that's effectively a lock for the, that's the starting group there? No, I don't. Um... I like that lineup, but Pro, funnily enough, who doesn't know a lot about the Boomers, he made a valid point, uh, my co-host on the podcast, where probably questionable on shooting with, with Thibel and Simmons out there. Um, but that's, yeah. a, that's a defensive, a good defensive offensive mix. So you arguably could, you know, replace Thibel at that four spot with, um, you know, maybe you put Brokoff in there if you find some form, if you want a bit more shooting, um, maybe, you know, Maybe even a Goulding to start, but I like Goulding off the bench just to just to, to gun in, in a 10, 15 minute role. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you could look to, to go for a bit more shooting in FIBA, but you know, that's a defensive lineup that's long, athletic. I mean, um, but yeah, the question is just going to be that three ball. So it depends where Gorge goes um, and how much he values that three ball versus a bit more defense. And we know he has lineups like that where he's coaching now in. Um, in Wollongong where he has, you know, a few guys that are kind of the more long athletic defender types. Um, and then he has, he has a shooting lineup as well that he can go to. Now I want to touch on Brock off a little bit more. I want to touch on some of the younger guys that are going to come in, but I'll just go through our squads very quickly. So in the way we, our, our squads are similar. I have Josh Giddy, Josh Green, Matthew Delavadova, Ryan Brockoff, Chris Golding. And then we also agree on Jock Landau, Isaac Humphreys, Nick K and Mitch Creek. There's that one spot at the end there, which you gave to Zave Cooks. Um, in my squad, I have Brock Modem. Um, okay. Now, I'm told that at the last Boomers camp, so the one pre-World Cup, Brock Modem had a really good camp. And there was some surprise, there was you know, a bit of shock that he didn't make that team. Um, now, I also know that Xavier Cooks had a great camp. He was like a late invite to that one. And then he just went out and killed it, right? Um, now, I had questions about it until I saw Zabe Cooks play in that game against Brisbane, uh, where he looked really up to it. He brought a ton of energy, and I, I guess that's what the boomers sort of need, right? Do you have any concerns about um, the, the obvious fit that Zabe Cooks brings versus the fact that he's still sort of getting into it? I mean, that, that was the biggest question mark for me was, was the Cooks one, the one that I was arguing whether, you know, or not the only reason I went with him is because he's a multi-position player. You know, he can play three, four, five, five at times if you go real uber small. So, um, you know, you put him in that lineup with a fireball and Simmons at times and 
it's a long, athletic, havoc wreaking defensive lineup. Um, I like guys that are multiple positions, especially in FIBA basketball. But arguably, you could put Modem in there. Modem's form has been very, very good. Um, you know, he had a he had a decent camp um, the last time around. But but so did Xavier. I mean, he was his camp was phenomenal. Um, Xavier Cooks was in 2019. But you know, a big big issue with him has been health. Uh, this is, was his first game back last Thursday, as we speak today, and he looked very, very good in limited minutes. He'll be ramping up slowly, and I hope you know he, he has some form. But I think, you know, based on kind of being multifaceted, I think I put him in over over Modem. But if you put Modem in, I definitely wouldn't argue with it. It's just a tough one, and it's a decision that you have to make. Now we also had some of the young guys in there. So we both had Josh Giddy, we both had Josh Green. Now, with this team, I'm told that they're going to bring 15 guys to LA to go through that camp, go through the Vegas thing. And then I'm also told that 15 will go to Tokyo and then they're going to have to send three home. Um, it's the sort of the thing that you got to go through with COVID and, and just to make sure that you have guys there. Um, in the final 12, do you think a Josh Giddy and a Josh Green should be a part of that? There's the, there's the thinking of, do you give that spot to to older guys who you know the sort of legacy picks, or do you give it to the guys who are going to be your boomers down the track? What's your what's your sentiment there? It, it's a tough one. I, I think for me, it was relatively easy picking the fifteen from that twenty four. Mm. The picking the twelve from the fifteen is much harder, um, much yeah. much harder. Um, I mean, if we go through it, Locke, Ben Simmons, Patty Mills, Ingles, Thibault, Baines. That's five. Dally's a yep. lock. Um, six. Um, uh, I mean, you got – I mean, the rest is kind of a bit more open other than that. I mean, Goulding, yeah. Giddy, Green, Brokoff, the, there is a bit of openness in all that, depending on camp. Yeah. But, I mean, my six locks of those guys, absolute locks, even with the shitty camp, they go in and they don't make a basket the whole camp. Those six guys are still making it. Yeah, I think the rest is, is kind of open. Um, but I like having Giddy in, even as a 12th man. Uh, I don't think he's a young fella, even though he's, his star is, is shining and he's bright. I don't think he's a young fella that would cause problems, not playing a lot if he was the 12. Sure. Whereas sometimes there are reservations about a kid going into the draft and might hurt my stock. He's, he doesn't, I don't see him as that kind of personality. I could be wrong. You know, you never know once you're in the locker room. With I mean, him. he's still playing right now, right? He is, but you just never know what happens, right? Um, would he sure. would he be okay with a, a zero minute role, right? I don't know, but I'll bet if I had to bet, not knowing him that well, uh, he would be happy to be there as a top man. Understand that that's a process, but you know, there's a question mark on him. I mean, you know better than me. Is he going to put his hand up, fully committed to the Boomers because he has arguably the most to risk out of that group? You know, injury form. Will, you know, will Moldovan, his agency group say, you know, we want you to come over to the States and just focus on getting ready for the draft. Um, you could probably answer that one better than me. I mean, from what I understand, he's going to go to camp if he's yep. invited to the camp. Like he, he's, the expectation is he'll go to it. Um, and then I don't see why he wouldn't, as far as everything I've heard, that I don't see why he wouldn't go to camp and then to Vegas. And then if he's in the team, go to Tokyo. Um, yep. But it's it's the sort of it's it's the little the battle. So in in your 2016 team, you know, it was Damien Martin at the end of that bench, um, and I don't know who else it could have been. I don't know if there was a young guy who, you know, it could have been that you, you can sort of breed for the future. Um, but how important? So because we saw with Ben Simmons, right? We saw. Um, oh, it's it's you know, very important. It's and it can you know I think Ben obviously still somewhat to this day takes that personally. Um, the the whole 
you know, getting cut from that 14 squad. But, you know, back then yeah. there were reservations about, you know, would he would he buy into a, you know, 12th man role with limited minutes? And if you're Andre Lamanis, you're like, you know, uh, was it Andre then? Or Yeah, I think it was Andre's first. Game, it was Andre, but, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a valid concern. You know, he's a, he's a young star. It's, that's a concern that you'd have around Giddy as well to an extent. And you have to sit down and communicate with them. The same thing happened with Paddy Mills in 2006. Uh, World Championship camp, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm going to put Gorge on the hot seat a little bit. I was, I was pushing Gorge to put Paddy in. Um, he wasn't the scorer he was back then, but he was, he picked up full court. He had the speed, and I go, that guy's, he's going to be a future boomer for a long time. Yeah. I'd rather have him as a 12th man than I think at the time it was, I mean, our 12th man, 11, 12, 13 was like Luke Kendall, Wade Halliwell, Russell Hinder. So I'd rather take Paddy because he's, you know, mm. you, you're putting him in the group. Um, understands the culture even if he doesn't play there's good veterans around him and it's kind of when I went to 2004 Olympics it was the same kind of thing you know so I think yeah. it's I think it's very very important so as far as you know you, you said there are six locks and I agree um, there are guys who are basically locks who I think are very very likely to make it and in that crop I put I put Jock Landale I put Chris Golding um, and then Ryan Brockoff is a guy who I have some questions about just mm-hmm. of late. Um, he's, a, he's again a guy who whose skill set you need, um, but is playing at in in a really volatile well. Obviously, injuries haven't helped him. Having such a, a big layoff hasn't helped either. Um, do you see that too? Where where Brockoff is, I think he's needed on the team as far as his skill set, but I feel like he's going to have to show a bit more. Do you think that he has to prove something? A little bit. I mean, he's definitely had a. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you he's had a disrupted you know, probably a year and a half, two years between his wife, um, the issue with his family stuff, um, committing mm. to that and not going to the bubble. And then, yeah. you know, coming back, getting cut, leaving, quarantine, come back, injured, oh. come back from injury, poked in the eye. You know, so he's yeah. had he's had um, a lot of kind of the walking under the ladder moments, but his skill set is more than valuable on this team because he's – you know, even at half-cooked Ryan Brokoff, where he's not playing mass minutes, you put him in the corner with Simmons and Ingles and Mills out there. No one's leaving him, period. Yeah. You're not le- you know, and, and there's not, you know, Gordon's the other guy probably on that bench. That's an absolute no-leave. Um, other than that, there's an... Might you know, be it. Else, other than Paddy and is, Joe. Who else is a no-leave no under no... Like, Ryan Brokoff's a guy that he's 0 for 10, you're not leaving him over. You're not leaving him that eleventh time because you're like he's over ten. You're staying home. He's yeah. in that class yeah. to me for our national team. He's he's our version of that JJ Redick type. So that's yeah. the only reason I had him in and didn't really care about his form is because you need you need a feet set cannot leave guy from three, and you take him out. Who do you replace him with on that cut list? Um, and then I just don't think you have enough shooting if you do that. No, I agree. Um, the, the other question is who replaces you? Um, and I get no one can replace you, but a, a big shot blocking guy, someone who can go on at the five when, when Aaron Baines needs some rest. And, you know, we've seen throughout the NBL season, Jock Landau can sign up, can play the five. Obviously you've got Isaac Humphreys in your squad as well. He's in mine too. He leads the NBL in blocks and, you know, he was having an MVP season until injuries sort of started to hinder him too. Um, do you see any of those bigs outside of Jock, who I think showed enough in the World Cup to to say to prove that he's effectively a lock for this team as well? Um, out of those bigs, you know, do you see anyone there who you think is 
close is, is the most likely to make it out of, you know, your Isaac Humphreys, I have modem, um, you know, Nick K, that, that crop there. Because the, the big, the, um, the, the depth within the bigs is like pretty, pretty limited, right? It is. I think first off, the elephant in the room is, is Aaron Baines. Um, not playing right now. You know, yep. Aaron, Aaron's a, a big, he's a big confidence form guy. So he, he, he's, he's a guy that will carry in his, his national, his, sorry, he's a club team, NBA team form, international team. And he, he you know, he goes up and, and he hasn't played now for what, what has it been almost a month now? He's, uh, he's I mean, he got on down. yesterday, but that's the first time in a really long time. Yeah. He's effectively been shut down. So I know he'll, I know he's putting in work no matter what. He's, he's a very hard worker. He'll be in the weight room throwing all kinds of 200 kilo plates around um, the way he is. But, <laughs> you know, that's a concern to me because, he was integral to our last two runs, especially now the fact that he's shooting three ball well. He hasn't shot it as well this year. So that's the big one. Um, Nick Kay and Jock Landale, I think, are going to have to play four or five combos. Um, and that's why I'll go back to liking Cooks because he can play three, four, five. But I think, you know, when you look at look at that group, the only rim defensive presence is Humphreys. Um, and that's why I had him in there because I think he's a good insurance policy you know, uh, there's no real Baines. He's really good at going vertical. I wouldn't call him a shot blocker, but he's really uses his body well. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, whether it's five, ten, fifteen minutes, um, you need a rim presence, especially in FIBA basketball, for for, for periods of time. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have guys getting on the rim all the time. And I think um, unless we want to move, you know, Thibault and Simmons to the five at times and just really junk games mm-hmm. up. I think yeah. you need you need a big five, and Humphreys is. I mean, other than that, I don't think we have a shot blocking big on that roster, and I don't think we have a shot blocking big. I mean, um, in the squad, effectively. I mean, Magne, yeah, maybe Magne, but I, I just don't think you put him in over Jock or or Nick K at this point, unless he comes out here in Perth and averages five blocks. You know, averages fifteen, fifteen, and five. Then I'd consider it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just don't think that that will. That'll do the job. So I don't have Humphreys in there as an, as an insurance policy. I think he makes he probably makes the group just based on need. Like there's no there's no shot blockers out there. So you mentioned Magne. Um, another guy who another big who's a part of that squad who neither of us had is Don Maker, um, and he's in is also part of that group of he just hasn't played right. So there's just no body of work to judge him on. Um, do you think do you think if Don Maker had come to the NBL and at least got some games under his belt and was able to demonstrate something. Do you think we'd be speaking about him in a different light? Most likely. Out of sight, out of mind is huge in professional basketball. Um, yep. And recency bias is huge in you know, any, any industry, especially sport. Yep. Right? So yep. he's out of sight, out of mind. I think he's somewhat forgotten about. Um, and I think that's the reason why I didn't have him in there. I think he's, you know, he, you can play him at that bias spot. He does bring that shot blocking um, skill. Um, a little bit light, a little bit light in the body, but from what I see, he's working hard in the weight room. Um, but yeah, that, that's out of sight, out of mind. I think he should have definitely played somewhere. Um, he's still young, but I can't judge his decision because he's obviously put together a strategy that'll get him the best route back into an onto an NBA roster. So I definitely don't, I don't fault him for it. It's a decision he's made, but I, I just couldn't put him in based on I haven't seen you play in a while, you know. So then, following up on that is. How much do you reckon uh, MBL form or, you know, being able to um, produce and be efficient in the MBL, how much do you think that can carry over? So, so I'm looking at, you know, Josh Giddy can come into the MBL and average 11, 7 and 7, right? And that's all well and good. What's the jump 
to the next level. Because then I look at Isaac Humphries, who's averaging close to three blocks a game, which, you know, is leading the league. And you know, what's how, how big is the jump? You know, if, if you're doing that in the NBL, what, what can you sort of think that they might do at the next level? Should they be able to play there, you know, later this year? It's, it's hard to say um, whenever you try to factor in, you know, what would a guy average in this league compared to that league or this tournament yeah. compared to that tournament based on based on stats. But one thing I will say, the NBL, most of the NBL guys are going to be, they're going to have a role. It's not going to be, your role is to play off Ben, to play off Paddy, to play off Joey. And maybe, you know, Bainsy at times when he gets hot. Gordon's mm-hmm. role is going to be, we're going to put you in and we want you to jack. You know, when Patty and Joey are out, we want you to shoot the ball. And if you if you're 0 for five, you're coming out. If you're five for five, we're rolling with you. That's and that's a perfect role, in my opinion, for Chris Gordon. We're not holding you too accountable for defensively. We're not holding you too accountable for anything else. So you look at that. Giddy will be a backup um, facilitator, making sure we get into our sets. Don't turn the ball over. Be solid. Pick up full court. That'll be my my opinion on his role. Um, and then it's just a question of whoever else makes it. You know, if Isaac gets in, it's come in. It's Two hard fouls around the basket, two block shots, you know, some physical screen. That'll be his role. So um, it's interesting with national teams because every guy on that list, if you go to their club team, they're the one, two or three option, you know, um, yep. for the most part. I mean, maybe bar Bainsey, bar Thibel offensively, every other guy on that squad is is the, somewhat the man on their team. So now you got to come to a yep. team and be like, hey, we don't need you to. Humphreys, you're not getting 15 post touches with this with this group. You, yep. know, you 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 probably won't get one, but we need you to screen, roll hard, block shots, be a physical presence out there, and it'll be valuable. So they're conversations that Brian has to have individually with guys, so they understand their team role. And at times, I've been on national teams where there's a few guys that don't agree with it, and 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 can cause problems. And that's you know that's the Rubik's cube of, of national teams. That's the Rubik's cube of the dream team goes through it. You know, yep. Serbia, Greece, Croatia, everyone goes through it. Um, but you, you got to kind of establish your role with your national team and, and leave all the other bullshit at the door. You know, you mentioned that when we spoke in Melbourne for this pod, um, the idea of, of guys coming in and just having to accept the role. Um, and I think the good thing is when I look at this list, this squad, I think everyone, I, I think everyone will be able to do that. I don't think, I don't see any sort of, sort of bad apples in this group here. Um, even down to like a Josh Green, who the role he's playing right now with the Mavericks in stretches, I think is a role that is what we, we would expect Matisse Thibel to do with the team. And I, again, I think um, it's something that he can absolutely do with the Boomers should he make that 12. And I also think that with Brockoff's sort of volatility with injury and form and whatnot, I like the idea of having an extra wing in there almost as insurance. Do you sort of agree on that too? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and look, there's going to be guys that look, there's a fine line between being um, being pissed off with, hey, I think I can help the team more and play more than the guys taking my minutes. That's great. You you want to have that. You want to have that competitiveness at camp and at training sessions. You just don't want it then to fester over into like a poisonous environment. So there's a fine line between yeah. it. You want guys that are like, hey, I think I can I can help our team more than that guy is right now. Or I think I can make that shot because that's part of being a professional and, and getting better and being where you're at in that point in your career, you wouldn't have got there without mm. having that mentality, but then you just don't want it to go over that line. So I would agree with that. I don't think there's any bad eggs in that group. I think, you know, Joey, Patty, um, and, and Bainsey, Daly, I think those, those guys will kind of hold that group together for the most part. Um, and yeah, it's all just going to come down to the rotations, uh, 
the other thing we've got to figure out is who plays well with who. Like, you know, you've all of a sudden now mm. got Ben Simmons, who's a polarizing star, who's, you know, everything's going to be kind of around him. We haven't had that, right? So yeah. before that, we had the Deli and Bainsey pick and roll we knew was very effective. Then you bring me in, we knew a lot of split action with Goulding and Joey coming together and back cuts and Patty, and we knew that all works. So now it's like, okay, so who works well with who? You know, you put Deli on that bench, does that affect Bainsey's effectiveness now not having Deli there because they play real well together? So there's a lot of different things. One can't figure all that out. So Brian Gorgian's <laughs> going to have to be the maestro to figure that out on the fly because time is of the essence. Coronavirus, you know, has thrown the world in disarray through the basketball community, sporting community, everyone around the world suffering in some way. And, and this is going to be a prime example. So I think, you know, this is a random take, but I think this is one of the toughest Olympics because of that. People talk about, well, is it going to be a real yeah. Olympics? No fans, no crowd. I think it's, you know, is, is the gold medal going to be diminished because of it all? I think it's going to be a, even more important and solidified if you win that that medal because because of everything you're going to deal with. Oh, it's like in, in the NBA bubble last season. I don't think the Lakers, the, the Lakers winning that title is perhaps even more impressive because of the circumstances. Um, and, and then, so for you as well, how, how important was it having a camp in Australia? Because for the World Cup, you guys got to go to Perth and to Melbourne and have a camp here. And I guess, I, I don't know if it's like icky, but like you're, you're a national team, you get to work out in Australia, you get to be around Australians. There's a lot of tourism stuff going on too. That I guess that that helps your kind of you, you love your country sort of thing, right? I think it was just great for our fans to be able to, you know, mm. on home soil, see some see the USA team, see us, see Canada, and, yeah. and see those games. I think that was really important. I think it was fantastic. I know people out in Perth enjoyed it very much, even though I hate most of Wildcats fans with passion. <laughs> um, but they were actually they were just half booing me in those games, um, but. And then, and in the Melbourne games, you know, have 50,000 two times. We've spoken about that at length. So I want to go over that. But to, to have those opportunities, which we, we would have had again, we would have had those yeah. in 2020. Um, and some. And some, yeah. We had, I think we had Nigeria, Team USA again committed. I think even Canada again. And Greece so, was going to come over too. Greece, yeah. We had, we had like a little mini round robin that we were going to play and then go straight over to Japan and, and it all went to shit. But um, mm. yeah, I think, I think. I think it's great for the fans. They really appreciated it. And I hope we can do, you know, I hope we can do more of those down the track with, with the names and superstars we have for our fans to be able to kind of touch and feel them and get that experience rather than just watching it on TV. I think he's awesome. Last thing I wanted to ask about was Gorge, um, which is we've always seen, I think you mentioned this maybe after the win over the USA, that the boomers are pretty autonomous, right? They, they run themselves and the, the nature of you being who you are and, world basketball and patty and joe it, 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 it there were the pieces there for it to just run itself and it just needed a a solid leader as the head coach just to keep everything intact mm-hmm. what do you do you think gorge seems a bit more kind of vocal and a bit more of an extrovert than that sort of figure do you think what what is what does he bring that can help like the, the autonomous boomers just continue to to click on all cylinders no, I think he. I think he takes feedback. I mean, I haven't worked with him for fifteen odd years or ten years now, so mm. um, I think he takes feedback well. He's coached most of these guys, which is very important. He understands. I think uh, you know, Pro and I touch a bit, touched on this a lot on the podcast. We think that the game now has gone skewed much further towards pers- personnel, personality management, and people yeah. management than it has X's and O's. I think it's probably eighty twenty now. 
Whereas back in the day, it was, you know, 80s, 90s, 50, 50, maybe even, maybe even, you know, 80s was probably 80, 20 skewed towards X's and O's where it's changed now. Yeah. I think Gorge, that's a big advantage for Gorge. He's working with most of these guys. He understands those personalities quickly. So I think he'll, he'll, he'll welcome a lot of feedback. Um, he'll still have his philosophies, mainly defensively. I think defensively is a big one where we can make some tweaks. We have, we have mm. multiple switching groups now. Uh, we can go small ball. But, you know, the tweak for me offensively are Ben Simmons. You know, it's, it's yeah. what happens when we've got him in the lineup with another non-shooter and teams just, just muck the paint. Do we have yeah. to move Ben to the four, a point forward role, which I, I understand he hates. He hates playing the four spot. And the five spot, he loves playing the, yep. the three. So that's that's the buy-in that we're going to have to get from Ben. Is you know, in FIBA basketball, teams are going to dare you to shoot. You know, so when you you're in there with a guy that already isn't a great shooter in Thibault, or even Hump, particularly maybe a Humphreys at the five that doesn't shoot that many threes, that paint now is clogged up. So there's going to have to be some some quirky things that Gorge pens up on that board from time to time. But I think you know, I think he's up for the job. The guys like being around him and. It'll be yeah. um, it'll be interesting to watch from afar. Well, look, it'll be interesting to see who he picks uh, for his fifteen man team. I don't know, I don't know who you could rule out other than Dang it, Dell um, from that fifteen from that twenty four man <laughs> group down to the fifteen um, for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I think that that'll drop in a week or two, um, and then yeah, this group will go over end of June, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, but thank you so much for joining me. No worries. It's been real. I know you have a podcast to record right now. 15 minutes, yeah, in 15 minutes. Lovely. As is it much more uh, profanity laced than we have to put an M15 plus on ours. <laughs> Thanks to Pro. <laughs> yeah, you, you said a bunch of times and we're going to have to bleep that too. That's that's where we're working. Yeah. Well, you just said it. So you're going to get bleeped too. I'll get bleeped too. Um, Andrew Vogue, thanks so much. See you soon. No worries. Thanks.